When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, this is Tyler Bryant from The Shakedown. I've been hanging out with Jay Scott on The Hook Rocks. Welcome back. It's Jay Scott. It's the Hook Rocks. It's the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Thanks for tuning in once again. Hope uh, your Christmas shopping is going as planned and your holiday parties are enjoyable. Getting ready to see the family. The Christmas tree is up. The lights are on outside. And hopefully it's not too cold where you're at. Out here in Chicago, it's kind of about 40 degrees. Not too bad so far. Yeah. Kind of a heat wave. We We tend to grill in the Chicago area when it gets above 40. So uh, we are doing that. But uh, as I always mention, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. Check out Pantheon Podcast on pantheonpodcast.com, as well as all the different types of music-related podcasts on Pantheon Pods. And don't forget to search The Hook Rocks wherever you podcast. We're available everywhere. We're available on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at The Hook Rocks. We've had some great episodes recently. We featured... Uh, Philippa from the band Thunder Mother. We had GA20. We've had Tyler Bryant. We've had Tuck Smith. We've had Sam Bam Colton, who my hey, hey, my God. <laughs> oh, yes. talking yeah. about ripping guitar players. Yes, yes. And a, and a wonderful dude as well. Absolutely a great guy. Like, that's my brother. He's like my twin almost. If you look at pictures of us, we look like twins. If if you're wondering who's talking, that is Dorothy Martin, our guest here on the Hook Rocks from the band Dorothy. I am really excited about this. I discovered Dorothy from a Matt Wake article back in 2018 
on bands to listen to other than Greta Van Fleet that were new to the scene. Oh, 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 big words. Yes, yes. And uh, she was one of those bands that I checked out, ended up going to see her on tour at the Bottom Lounge here in Chicago, 28 Days in the Valley Tour. was absolutely phenomenal. She released this masterpiece of an album earlier this year, Gifts from the Holy Ghost, which the song Gifts from the Holy Ghost, I can play on a continuous loop. Thank you. I I hope that's our next single. That that is a phenomenal song. That is a great tune. Inspired Uh, by none other than the Holy Ghost. Well, I mean, I I, I like the lyric, the spirit moves you, because growing up. Oh, yeah. Let the spirit move you. Because growing up, why? Well, I grew up in an Italian Irish Catholic family, um, <laughs> and I heard that quite frequently. Um, you know, um, and I had no idea what it meant when I wrote it, but it definitely moves me. It does. And, you know, ha- watching this show, taking my son and his friends, he's a senior in high school, and they all wanted to go see you and Joyous Wolf and Classes Act, and they were blown away. Um and it's always nice when you see a bunch of young kids in the center of the of the pit or whatever enjoying and rocking out because, you know, that's really where bands like, you know, your band and bands like others really are growing their audiences with the young crowd. And your music's connecting with those yeah. young audiences as well. They're, li- they're definitely like the litmus test, you know, yes. so like to have their endorsement is great. We want kids at our show. We want young youth at our show. Um and so for them to have a good time is like a really good indicator that we're doing something right. I For sure. Um, before we begin, we always start the same way anytime we have a first-time guest on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're all about. Just like every rock song has a hook that pulls you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that brought them to rock and roll. And what was that for you? Well, you know, uh, I actually started with country music. To me, country music is like the sister genre to rock. So that's how I learned how to sing. And then I learned like Credence, Credence Clearwater Revival was really like uh, very influential in my life. And so like listening to Southern Rock and Blues and stuff like that. I still remember I spent a summer out in California and my uncle, who was the coolest dude ever, uh, we would drive to Hemet, California, where my grandmother lived. Mm-hmm. And on the way there, he would listen to Credence. Yep. All the way there. It's like the um, best road trip music, I got to tell you. It totally is. So good. He would tell me about the band. He actually, back in the day, he was, he was with the Board of Education in Southern California before he retired. And back in, when he was a teacher at Venice High, he taught Jim Morrison English when he was a freshman. Yeah. Get out of here. That's yeah. great. Yeah. It was, I mean, he would tell me these stories and it was just, uh, and, he, and, and the movie Grease, which was filmed at Venice High, you could actually see my uncle in the background because he, he became the principal when that movie was being filmed. So, so we would go on long road trips as a family, like, you know, visit your relatives for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I would definitely listen to CCR on the, on the road. And that, that Leonard Skinner and like those Southern rock, like vibe and bands is, is where I got my vocals honestly was from singers like that. So, so hats off to them because without them, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. What was it about the approach for those singers that brought you to them and and, and influenced you? 
So like John Fogarty, just the way he like enunciates and says things, it just to me feels right. And, and with my background in country music, I got to do a song with Dolly Parton. And to me, that just like felt right. So it felt like who I am. So country, Southern rock, rock, blues, they're all kind of mixed together in a pot for me. And it kind of like made me who I am. Like I had to lean on these singers to become, to figure out my identity, my identity as an artist. And I did. And, you know, without them, I wouldn't be able to do it. So, um, you know, country to me is like a sister genre. Southern rock is, is still hard rock. Like the way that people sing things and then enunciate things is like, is really important. So it kind of gave me like something to lean on as I was learning my way around the song and, you know, because I've always, when I hear you, I hear a mix between like Stevie Nicks and Annie Lennox. Oh, wow. Well, both of those women are incredibly powerful. You know, Annie. Your, got- yeah, your raspiness, you, you got a touch of raspiness with the Stevie Nicks. And then your the way you deliver things is very similar to Annie Lennox. It's it's really cool. And I feel like both of those ladies grew up on the blues. You know, I've, I've heard that all rock and roll is the blues. And to me, that's really important. And for me, like really good songwriting is important. So like in writing a song that's good, that resonates with people, you know, and you can kind of feel when you're delivering it when you're not, you know, so to me that that's, if they didn't, if her and Joan Jett and those women didn't do it before me and like people like Maria Brink, weren't my friends. Like I, I wouldn't know where the hell I am. You know, it's like they, they kind of paved the way. Songwriting is a topic that I really want to talk with you about because I really like your style and your lyrics. And when you are becoming, you're getting into music and becoming influenced, was there a songwriter that in their approach that influenced you when writing music? You know, I grew up on like, so many records that my stepdad had. Like I had all these vinyl records, Bob Dylan, The Carpenters, Peter Paul and Mary, Simon and Garfunkel, Stevie Nicks, and all the 60s and 70s classic rock bands. So uh, I listened to that and I just kind of digested that as a kid. And then, but the important thing about songwriting is like you're writing, you're a writer. So it's your perspective and your journey and the things that you write about better be real. Or they're not like, they don't resonate with the audience. Like they have to be real. So for me, it was like digging as a songwriter and, and, and learning how to do it at first and then kind of going, what do I have to say? Like what's really important? So for me, like that journey of learning how to do that has been really amazing. There's no school that you can go to. There's no teacher you can hire. You know, life is the teacher, which is really incredible. So that to me has, has kind of like helped with my songwriting is just, being open to life and letting it realizing when you're in, in class, when you're not, you know, like you, you might think you're just going through life, but you're really in class and you're learning. That's an interesting perspective. Um, I, I love that thought process because when you write lyrics and you're a songwriter, you're actually conveying what you've learned to totally. people. And, yeah. you know, when you're writing, you know, where do you, where do you find inspiration? Is it personal experience? Is it telling a story? Is it a perspective? Is it all in one? Where do you It's God, a hundred percent. Like I can't say enough, like my life before knowing God and after knowing God are completely two different lives, you know, and it's not about religion. It's not about preaching to people. It's not about a Christian rock album, anything like that. It's just, you know, I've seen a couple miracles and, 
and writing after that is totally changed. So I pray a lot. I, I turn it over to God and I'm like, help me out here. You know, like I have this microphone, I have this platform. What do you want me to say? Cause there's people that need to hear stuff. That's really important. So, um, to me, it's like a higher power thing. It's super spiritual. Um, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without God. And I've got to give all the credit to that because I can't do it without God and without having a spiritual life. When you're writing and you're tapping into experiences that you've gone through, you've been very candid about, you know, the challenges that you faced and how you've come through them. How do you tap into things that are uncomfortable or maybe were uncomfortable when you dealt with them? And now that you've moved farther away from it, you have a different perspective and you're and you're going back into that situation. Yeah. So, look, it's really easy to do things that are hard, that that look physically hard. Right. Like. Uh, like I look at my boyfriend, he's a firefighter. He has to run into burning buildings and save people. And, and he's, um, a paramedic. So he has to like reverse overdoses like that. That all looks really hard. Facing your emotions is equally as hard. It's very hard for people. So, um, facing that when I'm writing is, is, is the challenge is overcoming and being honest and kind of putting yourself in the writer's perspective when you're, when you're writing, because you want to write things that help people. And you want them to resonate with it. So, so that can be kind of challenging, but at the end of the day, it's worth it. It's, you know, emotions are so much scarier than like having a, it's scary. It's just as scary as having a gun pulled in your face. You know, it's have, it's just as scary as any other thing that we're going through divorce or loss of job or losing a kid, you know, like emotions can be really fucking scary. So writing about them is really important, I think. And people have to hear about it. Emotions take longer to heal and they linger for a longer period of time. And you break a bone, you know, you get in a cast, you heal up four, six, eight weeks, you know, you know, and you, you still remember breaking a bone, but you know, with, with emotions and, and mental health, which you're very candid about on social media, that stays with you for a while. And that kind of shapes who you are and shapes your thought process. And it, it's, yeah. it's, it's really important that people realize that whether it's through song, whether it's through whatever outlet that they need that, you know, overcoming mental illness or overcoming challenges to your mental health are, are so much more important. And, and I was having this conversation with my son, who's part of that new generation. He's a senior in high school. And I said, you know, your generation and maybe the generation right before you has really become accepting of mental health issues, which is really important. Like back when I was growing up and I was a kid, you didn't talk about things. You just moved on. Right. You just kind of buried it. That was the the old way of doing things. Our parents, like they buried their emotions and um, you know, the pendulum swings both ways. Like now this generation is like overly sensitive and overly traumatized. I think there's like a nice healthy balance in the middle where it's okay to talk about your feelings and process things and allow yourself to be human and have these experiences, but also, you know, kind of pick yourself up by your bootstraps and make something of yourself. And for me, um, getting physical is a really big part of my recovery. Just my journey as a human being and becoming stronger is like, doing things like MMA and Muay Thai and running and really challenging myself physically, which forces my brain to grow and makes me feel good and feel accomplished. And the more coins that you can put in the accomplishment jar versus like the debauchery jar, I guess, to so to speak, 
is better. You know, uh, recovery is different for everybody. It's hard for everybody. Everyone is going through something and we all look different. Like our stories and our journeys look so different. So one thing I've learned in my life that I'm super grateful for is having such a dark, seedy, horrible past has removed the ability to judge other people. And in that I've become more compassionate and literally there's nothing that you can tell me that will surprise me. There's nothing because of the things I've seen. So um, I think it's a good position to be in as a writer and it's a good position to be in as a human being because I, I relate to so many people and there's nothing that will scare me. Losing that judgment and gaining that compassion is the most Christ-like thing I can think of. Like we're here to kind of go through our own journeys, but also help each other. And I know the world is super divided right now. And I feel like as an artist, it's my job. And it's like kind of my assignment to help bridge that gap and help people come together and, and find the things that we have in common that help us as human beings, rather than picking apart these little stupid things we fight about really at the end of the day, like when you die, when you're on your deathbed, do you care that your best friend was Republican or Democrat? Do you really care? No, no. That's interesting because we always, right. We always look at people and we judge and we complain, but we also have faults ourselves, right? We also do things too that, I mean, no one is perfect, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. Like we, we, we talk about others or we, we see others in a different light and we say, Oh, they're not doing that. They're not doing this. Well, what are we not doing? And what are we doing that we should be doing better? We can always clean up our own yard, basically, right? We can always. Yeah. It reminds me of this really great scripture in the Bible. And, um, and I don't say that to like preach to anyone. We're not like a Christian rock band. We're not trying to get out there and preach to people, but sometimes there's wisdom that it's really worth holding on to where this woman was accused of adultery and the town wanted to stone her to death. And Jesus said, let he who's without sin cast the first stone. You can't because all of us fall short. All of us mess up. All of us have quote unquote sin, which to me is like missing the mark. And, and nobody's perfect. We're all human. So you can't cast a stone at her and you need to look at yourself. Like you have to have a, the, the accountability. It's just a powerful lesson to me. And I, I love that. And I think that's like a really good story worth repeating. I mean, there's also the story in the Bible about Jesus washing Mary Magdalene's feet, you know, who was the prostitute, right? Who, you know, other people scorned and they said, you know, they looked down upon and it just showed that even Though someone may do things that maybe are not what you like, you should still treat them like a, like yes. a what a good story. No. So I think it was Mary Mag, I think it was the woman who washed Jesus's feet with her tears and her hair. Yes. And the yes. Pharisee said, why are you allowing this person near you? She's dirty, you know, and the story was, well, you know, she's done a really honorable, nice thing for me. And you only have me for a short period of time. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is a wonderful story and, and teaching. You know, your music also has a positive uh, feel to it. You know, whether it's you know, the, the, the songs on the new album and, and kind of conveying what you've gone through and how you've come overcome them, but also, you know, some of the lyric content that you you bring to your music how do you navigate through that and and write about the challenges that you went through, but then also come out on the side of being positive to your listeners, to your audience, to the people that enjoy your music? Um, honestly, 
sometimes the words just come to me and there's a couple songs where I can really pinpoint that it felt like a download from, from above. I, I can't even explain to you how it happens, but we are stars on the last album and then a beautiful life on this album were two songs that really kind of just skyrocketed down into my brain. And I, I felt like, and I joke about this, but I, I think I might be serious is it feels like an angel's whispering the lyrics in my ear and I'm just here on this earth to write them down and then sing them into the microphone. So I don't even like to take credit for it because it's so weird how this download happens where I get these lyrics and I, I don't want to call myself like a psychic or a channel. Cause I don't really, I don't really like believe in that, but, um, but I do like at the same time, I just, I'm like, okay, what are we writing about today? And I kind of leave my, try to leave my mind blank and open and then, and then these songs come and when they do, that's like capturing lightning in a bottle. And it's so magical. And when that doesn't happen, it's so disappointing because when it does happen, it's so satisfying and exciting and fun. And I can't even take credit for it, but I feel like musicians kind of pull stuff out of the ether and out of heaven and out of nowhere and kind of put it onto a, you know, onto a recording for everyone to hear, but almost like a prophet would uh, deliver a message to the people. And I don't want to compare myself to that or be like, oh, I'm a prophet. But, but there's songs to me that I'll listen to. And then all of a sudden that one verse or that one line kind of lights up and it, and it resonates with me. And I, I needed to hear it at that time. It's almost like the volume gets turned up on that song. So it's super important. And I think it's a, pretty magical and pretty spiritual for people. I spoke with the singer of the band Enough's Enough, Donnie V. I don't know if you're familiar with with them, but they were a big band in the late 80s, early 90s. They wrote some some hits on MTV and he, he has had problems with addiction. Um major problems. I mean, he's been it's been well documented his, of his issues and you've spoken about your addiction. And when I had him on the podcast, I asked him, was there a moment when he was in recovery, if he felt scared about approaching music sober because he had been so used to creating music high and, you know, under the influence and, and, and whatnot and as an addict. And he said, the odd thing was, is that I didn't expect my mind to be as clear and my creativity to be as clear as I, as it was when I became sober. Did yeah. you find that to be the same thing going through? Yeah. through? Uh, well, a hundred percent. I like myself better. sober. I'm definitely more clear. I feel good in the mornings. Um, I have so many relapses under my belt um, in and out of recovery. I tried all sorts of things. You know, I tried rehab detox, naltrexone, a 12 step program. And um, I think it's a lifelong journey of figuring it out and taking it a day at a time. But the, the desire and the attempt to get better is the literally the only thing that matters. Like once you give up, you might, you might slip into a relapse. You might fall back. You might pick up again. You might take a few steps back, but who's to say that God's not going to use that for something better in the bigger picture in the grand scheme of things. Like, I don't know everyone's story and everyone's journey in recovery is totally different. So um, I do feel better, but you know, the thing that came to my mind when you asked this question is the red hot chili peppers have a song and the lyric is you can't stop the spirits when they need you. When, when God has 
a plan for your life and has something that he wants to accomplish, you are human and you are underneath that. So you are under that authority and you don't get to dictate that. That's not your plan for your life. That's God's plan for your life. And it's greater than anything you could imagine in your limited human perspective. So when that happens, it kind of trumps everything else. But we do a really good job of screwing up our own lives. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. However, the, the silver lining here is that there's something greater looking out for us. And, and that's what I always come back to. That's so true. You know, I, I have, I, I'm a single parent. So I, I talk to my son a lot about this and I tell him that you will face more challenges in your life than you will have, you know, positive results. You know, you'll have less celebrations than you will have challenges. And those challenges lead you to those celebrations. It's all part of the journey. It makes those celebrations feel so much better. So, you know, if you're, if you're stuck in a situation and you, and you need to work hard to get out of it, or you need to do something to get out of it, that's part of life. That's part of the journey. And I think people confuse that with, you know, oh, this is the, the, the woe is me and, and everything. And, and it's a lot of times people think that they're the only ones going through challenges, right? They're the only ones that are facing things when everybody else, like you said, everybody has something going on. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's getting through it and getting down that other side of things is when you really appreciate what you've been through. 
Yeah. And, you know, more than any therapist or counselor or friend or family member that I've asked advice from in my life, the thing that stands out most in my mind are just little lyrics that have popped out in songs like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Can't Stop the Spirits When They Need You. You know, these little lyrics that kind of popped out to me. Um, I felt like on A Beautiful Life, there's Don't Let the Demons Get You Down and You're More Than Enough, Don't Change. There's these little impartations from the spirit realm for people to hold on to because we're here in the physical and just little reminders, you know, you're not alone. You're okay. There's something bigger than you that loves you. And that's kind of like, that's hopefully the communication I, I want to give to them while they're rocking out and having fun at a show, like, and not taking life too seriously, but having a good time, you know, not beating up on yourself too much. Um, there's all that it's all well and good, but you know, you came here to enjoy and to love. Love is the, the the best outcome you can have in any situation. You're very spiritual. You're you're a very deep thinker. Yeah, you know, when you when it comes to life, when it comes to processing thoughts, when you're putting together an album like Gifts from the Holy Ghost, do you first have the approach of what you want to do with the music and the songs and where you want to go creatively, or? Does it just come naturally? Does it come to you instead of you thinking of what you want to do? Well, it definitely comes to me and we can get in our own way and we can kind of block ourselves off from that. So I've learned to let go and let God and kind of let that thing come to me. Um, you know, we have expectations in life of what our life is supposed to look like and what I should have accomplished by now and Grammys or whatever, you know, I should be CEO of my company. And, and then we set ourselves up for disappointment, but the, the plan of the journey of your life and the plan on your life is so much bigger than you could ever imagine to let go and trust that is really, really important. And so I've kind of been practicing more of letting go, letting God, trusting that process. Like I go where I'm sent uh, is something I say a lot, you know, and, and I can go play a show in El Paso to, uh, you know, 200 people, 250 people. And it doesn't look like a big deal, but there's a kid there who was thinking about ending his life who came to the show. And then we hugged and had a really powerful moment. And, and maybe that, you know, you don't know who, he, who he's going to grow up to become, and you, you just don't know how you're going to impact the world around you. But that's why I try to trust in that journey and that process and kind of, like I said, go where I'm sent. Um, and to me, that, that brings a lot more peace than, than worrying and trying to kind of control everything in my little human brain of just trying to control my life. Like, you know, let go and let God's a really great motto to live by. You're speaking about a lot of things that you've learned. We talked about life being a classroom. You know, when I hear you talk, You've learned a lot from your life and you've learned a lot from your experiences. And, yeah. you know, when you, you know, when creatively, it sounds like you're in a good place where, you know, it will come to you. You know, you know, the next step in your career will eventually present itself to you. And that's like a really cool place to be. Do you feel that as well? Yeah. You know, I kind of, I, I have a goal. I have a vision. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this, but life will surprise me and take a twist and a turn in the other direction. I kind of have to go with it. And one thing I've learned that, that I love to share is when something looks really bad, it might just be a setup for something really great. For example, we were like an hour late for uh bottle rock Napa because they, they kind of didn't have their festival system down 
in the way that Danny Wimmer does. And it, it wasn't as smooth. It was really an honor to kind of share the stage with Greta Van Fleet and Metallica. But we were super late, right? We were like an hour late. I didn't get to warm up. We had to run on stage and do our set. But because of that, the festival felt so bad that they were like, like, we want to kind of give you a donation, give you some money. Will you come sing an acoustic set for some VIPs and here's some extra cash? And I was able to give that money to my band and to my church. And it was a blessing. So it might have looked stressful in the beginning and looked bad, but it ended up being a blessing. So that's the thing is like, there's this, uh, the fable of the Chinese farmer. Don't judge anything. You might, you might be surprised. It might be all for the, the greater good and the greater plan on your life. That's so true. I, I just went through a medical issue earlier this year and spent a week in the hospital with surgery and then spent two weeks in a rehab center after the surgery. And I was, I always try to put a positive spin on things. Like I always try to find out of something bad, something good always happens. And, you know, it, 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 if I dwelled on all the negative things that have happened as a result of this issue, then you know, I don't know what place I would be in, what state of mind I would be in mentally. And to always have something to look forward to or always have something to, 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 to find that positivity or find that good moment is so important when you're struggling and when you're going through stuff. Yes, it's all about perspective, right? And someone's always got it worse than you. And sometimes we need that reality check and we need to like realize how blessed we are. And uh, for me, I used to be so like selfish and entitled and, you know, and I still struggle with that. Sometimes I think inherently as having alcoholism in my family and having that, you know, we tend to be kind of self-focused, but the quickest way out of that is to look at the world around you and look at the people that are overcoming X, Y, and Z. And, and also how can I help? And so when I, when I'm in a really bad state, it's inevitable. A fan will message me and say, I wanted to kill myself. I heard your song and I didn't do it. Thank you for saving my life. You know, and I, I can't take the credit, but I get those messages and I'm like, wow. Because because I, I struggle with not feeling good enough. I struggle like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not, I'm, I'm not accomplished enough or I don't have X, Y, and Z and yada, yada, yada. And I put out the song and maybe the song helped a kid. And then I hear that feedback and I'm like very humbled by it. And the song also has to help you too, right? I mean, the song is a, you know, writing music and creating the way you do has to be therapy for you. It is, it is. But it, once I release it out into the world, like Scott Stevens has told me, it belongs to the fans and it belongs to them and they can kind of do what they want with it. But it has to come from like, I'm, re- you know, this is my story and I'm relating to you. And then maybe it resonates with you. Because your music from the three albums that you've released, all three albums are so different, which is very unique because a lot of I don't bands, know if that's good or bad. No, it's very good. I mean, because okay. Gifts from the Holy Ghost is so much different than 28 Days in the Valley. And I love both albums for different reasons. Um, I like 28 Days in the Valley, which is the first album that I connected with you and your music. And then Gifts from the Holy Ghost was just like this. It's got so much power behind it with lyrically and music and the arrangements, whether it's Rest in Peace or the title track. There's so much greatness on that album. Um, and then seeing you live touring with this um, was just a, a very special experience for myself and my son and his friends. They all enjoyed it. Um, all three bands that were on that bill were great. So I, I feel like, you know, you're navigating through life and you're learning. And, and 
as you are growing as a person, you're, you're evolving and your music is still evolving. Yeah. And I try to keep it as honest and real as possible. You know, uh, we're not manufactured. We're kind of, I'm, I'm really going through life and writing what I'm living and, you know, that's all I know how to do. Like, I don't want to fake anything. I want to try to be really honest here and make good music in the process. Well, that's the thing that's so great is because you can see the evolution in you through your three albums and through the music and through your songwriting. Um, like I said to you in the beginning, the song Gifts from the Holy Ghost, which if, if it were me, if it were up to me, it would be and it should be your next single because it's such a great album. It's such a beautiful <laughs> song. And, um, you know, I, I, I was listening on the way home today and I must have just kept repeating it like hitting like rewind on it or hitting that button that goes back to the beginning of the song like five or six times. And I've listened to that song probably hundreds of times already. It just sounds new every time I hear it. It's funny that you say that because I was listening to it as well um, recently in the car. And I was like, I just had this epiphany light bulb moment. I'm like, this is the next single. Like it just kind of hit me, you know, and um, it's got more of that classic rock influence than some of the other songs. Cause I like to dabble in all different rock and roll uh, genres since they all were part of raising me as an artist. So I do feel like it's more of that classic rock almost got, it's got a Led Zeppelin uh, vibe to it. And I, I had this moment. I was like, that is definitely 100% the next single. So uh, I'll do my very best to make that happen. The song hurricane, which is another great song on the album too. It, for me, the way I hear it, it's very bad company ish. And Ooh. then the bridge Ooh. and the chorus are very like R&B Motown-ish. Ooh, I grew up on Motown and R&B and country. Um, I listened to so much music as a kid. Like, I can't tell you all different influences. Elvis, Motown, uh, Bob Dylan, The Carpenters, you know, Peter, uh, Paul Simon, uh, Paul, uh, Simon and Garfunkel and uh, Tina Turner and Motown and, and Michael Jackson, a lot of black artists like all in my DNA and in my, you know, they, they kind of seeped into my ears and down into my spirit. So um, I listen to a lot of different stuff and it's, it's wild. Like when I hear those influences kind of pop out in my voice, a, a big one is John Fogarty and CCR because yeah. that was a, a road trip family favorite. You know, there's the Chronicle albums, the CDs of <laughs> all the best CCR records it was like growing up in America in the nineties, that was a really good record to listen to. And sometimes I catch myself saying things with his inflections. It's really weird. I'm like, Hey, I'm not from the Bayou, but <laughs> neither is he though. But, but this sounds good. But even like with hurricane, I could like, you know, when you're singing, I could I'm like, this has got such a Paul Rogers feel to it. Like when you're singing the, like the, and then you go on the bridge and the, in the chorus and it's like, wow, this is more kind of like Motown, you know, R and B type of flair to it. And then it goes to this classic rock, Paul Rogers delivery. Um, you know, it's a cool song. And that was all Trevor Lukather, Steve Lukather from Toto, his son and congratulations. He just got married. That's a good friend of mine. Um, he had, he had these tracks that he had written in these guitar parts and, so I went in the studio with him and, and I was, I was, you know, laying down the verses with him. And then I was driving back to my hotel and I'm listening to the demo and I'm just listening to the guitar part. And I'm like singing along with it. And all of a sudden the chorus for hurricane just happened in the car. I had to like scramble for my phone, press record, like 
you know, sing this gibberish, which later um, I kind of translated to these lyrics, super simple, super fun rock and roll song. Right. Um, and, and then, yeah, it was crazy how that happened. Like I'm just driving home and I'm jamming to this song and the lyrics come. It's wild. When you think of this latest album, Gifts from the Holy Ghost, and you think of, you know, it was released in April, we're at the end of the year, you know, do you feel like where you're at creatively and where you're at in your career, um, creatively, I should say, um, do you feel like you're where you're supposed to be? Yes and no. Um, cause the ego says like, I want to be here. I want these, you know, bullet points and I want to hit these marks. But, um, in the grand scheme of things, yes, because like I said, let go and let God. And I feel like, you know, maybe sometimes you feel like you're being held back and there's a good reason. And it's because you're being prepared for something better. Um, so I try to kind of just let go and not control. We can't like, we can't control other people and we can't control the world. And that's the problem nowadays. I think the reason that we're so divided, you know, is because everyone's trying to control what everyone says and does. And it's absolutely impossible. And the more you let go and just kind of like put it out there and let people, you know, decide for themselves. um, I think more often than not, you'll see that humans make better decisions than you would think. But the control thing is, is a very nasty energy. And I don't want any partnership with that. So I try to kind of like, like I said, let go and let God and, and put out good music and hopefully it'll help some people. But, you know, I have ideas about where my life should be and those are expectations. And the more, the higher that our expectations are, the lower our sense of peace tends to be. So what's more important to you? That's, that's a, a, a beautiful way to think, you know, because we do live in a very polarizing environment now and, and uh, it, in most of it, if not all of it is our own doing, you know, because we become very tribal in our thoughts and what we are, our beliefs are. Um, we don't want to hear what other people think. I had this conversation with a man that was probably 30 years, my senior. And I asked him, I said, you've seen a lot. You've seen more than me. What do you think the, the issue or the crux of what's happening? And he said, it's, he said it's the media, and I know a lot of people always go, always go to the media and, and everything, but his perspective on it was very interesting because he said, when I was growing up, you had three news channels, so three channels. You had ABC, NBC, CBS, and they had the 5 o'clock news, and <laughs> everybody heard the news, either center left or center right, and that's what right. you got with news. Right. Now, you can go wherever you want to go and find the news that you want to hear, okay, whether it's factual or not, that's yet to be determined. But you go and find you you go to the places where you want to hear things that fit what you believe rather than hearing things that you may not want to believe, but they're true. You know what I mean? So that causes a lot of polarization in people's thoughts because they're like, where did you hear that? Because they're not exposed to the other side of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So like confirmation bias, right. You know, there's some really wonderful thinkers out there like Joe Rogan and, and Jordan Peterson and these men that are not really afraid to kind of have debates and speak their mind because they know that that results in us growing and expanding and thinking. And when you shut that down, then it's just tyranny. So not to say that I agree with everything that they say or think, 
but we should be able to have these conversations, you know, and there's always going to be people striving for control and domination. And um, but there's more of us than there are of them. And it's okay to think and it's okay to ask questions. And it's okay to not agree with someone and have a civil debate and have conversations because like, how else are we supposed to get anywhere? If we, if we're not allowed to think or question or discuss things, what, where is there to go? We're done. You know, like we're just done as far, as far as evolving and, and changing and growing. And um, it's scary that that's happening, but I, I think also like we'll get through it. And I think, uh, I think people kind of, a lot more of us are on the same page, whether we agree politically or not, that's not the issue. But I think that a lot of people do see the bigger picture and see what's happening. Um, and, and they're kind of sick of it, which is great. And I think that I hope that the more opp oppression and control there is in the world, I feel like it actually drives people towards each other. I agree. I think the most dangerous thing ever invented in the last, well, not ever invented in the last 20 years is the block button on social media. And obviously, let me preface it. Obviously, if someone's harassing you and whatever, yes, of course. But also that block button, you know, if you don't like what someone's saying or posting or whatever it is in a conversation on social media, you block them. You don't hear it anymore. You say, you know, I don't like the way this person, what this person says or thinks. So I block them. And what that does is it develops your social interaction that now if you're facing someone physically, if someone's physically in front of you and you're having a discussion with them, you can't handle, you don't have that block button There's at no block your button. disposal. You, you have to debate. listen to them. Right. And kids nowadays, they just can't debate. They're not open to new ideas. They get triggered. So they shut down. Um, it's, it's really weird, you know, like there's no block button in real life. So that's a really good, a good point that you bring up. Right. I mean, I worry about my son's generation of how they overcome conflict. I mean, if you have a conflict with someone and a conflict doesn't mean a physical one, but it's just, you know, a verbal exchange of debate that you disagree with someone, you know, how do they, how are they going to process that? As they get older, because like, like we just said, there's no block button in real life. Like you're going to have to like deal with that conflict. You're going to have to deal with different thoughts. And as you said, we're becoming more sensitive and we're becoming intolerant when we claim we be, we're becoming more tolerant. It's a, it's an ass backwards way of doing things. Yeah. It's pretty hypocritical, right? Yeah. Dorothy, this has been a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to talk with you and, and discuss your music and just who you are. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. And I'm very, very glad that you support us. And I hope you all like Black Sheep. Great song. Great video, too. Thank you. Love it. Everyone, I'm Jay Scott. This has been another episode of the Hook Rocks Community, um, Ultimate Rock Community Podcast, I should say. This has been Dorothy Martin from the band Dorothy. Go check out her album. If you haven't already, it's one of the best albums of 2022, Gifts from the Holy Ghost. Hopefully, she'll be touring next year. You got any plans to tour? Yeah, yeah, we're working on it. We'll definitely see you. There's some stuff in April. So if you go to DorothyOnFire.com, all our tour dates are up and social media. Just, you know, drop us a message, say what's up, and we'll see you next year. Awesome. Once again, everyone, I'm Jay Scott. Take care of each other. Stay safe. And we will talk soon. Thanks.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 